Welcome everyone to Mentium's Mentium Matters podcast, where we talk about leadership, life, and the transformative power of mentoring. I'm Megan Cummings-Kruger, and today our conversation is going to be focused on the power of reframing our perspective, taking time to intentionally shift how we view situations and how we view ourselves. That has never been more significant or more impactful. Our guest today is Nick Snopley, who is the Chief Administrative Officer for American Health Network, a part of Optum. Nick is responsible for driving strategic priorities, optimizing organizational effectiveness, and building workforce capability, in addition to providing consultation to overall senior leadership team. Over the arc of his career, Nick has provided project management support for enterprise initiatives, process improvement, and redesign within talent acquisition at United Health Group. He also previously managed recruitment process outsourcing firms, as well as the planning, consultation, and coaching of business leaders. Nick received his Bachelor of Science from Indiana State University and his executive education in strategic growth from Columbia Business School. Nick is married to one of the top neonatal delivery nurses in Indiana. They are the proud parents of two children. And Nick is beginning his third partnership as a Mentium mentee. Welcome, Nick. Uh, thank you. That is a heck of an introduction and uh, reminds me and takes me on quite a journey on how I got here. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're off to a good start. So recently, you were one of Mentium's voices of experience for our business education webinar on the topic of thriving through change. Since this is such a relevant topic for so many of us right now, I'd like to discuss a few of the insights you shared during that session. So for example, I particularly appreciated an equation that you shared that you learned from a motivational speaker that says event plus response equals outcome. So could you share a little more about that? Yeah. Uh, when, when I heard it, I was an audience member and I've uh, had an opportunity to sit through a few leadership seminars and you always take a few nuggets away. This one hit me like a like a truck, because if you work backwards, you think about the outcome, what do you want to have happen? And your response plus or minus, so said differently, good or bad, determines what that outcome is. The event is agnostic. You can't control the event. It's, it's part of the things that we have to be okay with just going through the flow with. But what I do own is my response. And if it's a, if it's a poor response, largely it's gonna be a poor outcome. If it is a measured, thought out, positive response, I'm probably going to have a better outcome than I would than I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate those simple kind of mantras that can really kind of quickly remind you of what your goal is. What else would you like to share from that? Uh, what turned out to be a really excellent webinar discussion of thriving through change? Yeah, is that I think change right now, especially in our environment, if you go back just two years ago, it's inevitable. Um, there is more that is out of our current control than we've probably ever had, at least in my very short time on this planet. But therein lies an opportunity to get better at releasing control of things that are not in your sphere of influence and focusing on the things that you can. Uh, I talk to my team all the time about control your controllables. What are things that you can influence that you have material control over that you can drive forward? And when you do that, you gain clarity, you gain the opportunity to be a better leader because you are projecting a leadership shadow 
that is contagious to others. And when you can control your controllables, it removes chaos and it removes ambiguity. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and it's funny how often, um, you know, that old wisdom really holds true, you know, the serenity prayer, you know, um, right. the courage to change what I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, and, and, and if, I, if I may, it's not easy. Uh, it is an intentional thing that you have to do every single day. And I, just because I have the opportunity to speak to the audience today, um, it's a development item for me. Um, you have to be intentional and get in front of your own thoughts relative to, hey, what can I control today? What am I going to let go of? And how will I make an impact? Well, that is an excellent lead into my next question. And that is throughout all the podcasts we've done so far, uh, regardless of the topic, focus comes up again and again as such a critical element. And right now we live in very distracting times. It is certainly one of our greatest challenges in dealing with change. And you have shared what you found helpful in strengthening your ability to focus. So would you share with our audience uh, what has been helpful to you? Yeah, what I'm going to share is not going to be sage or earth shattering, but it's going to be poignant. There are two things. One, pay attention. Uh, and two, make good choices. Uh, we are distracted more now than ever, at least I've been. Um, I wear an Apple Watch that goes off every 30 seconds with some kind of update or an email. I have two monitors here with two different inboxes. My phone's over here. I can choose to not pay attention and ask questions later, which would largely have probably have me received as uh, not engaged, or I can make a choice to focus on the content in the person. And when I do that, a couple things happen. One, they know that I'm there and I'm being present. Being present is probably three quarters of work in general. Uh, the second part would be, I understand now what the concept is that they're talking to me about. And I now can influence what the outcome of that conversation is going to be. So if we can shut off, uh, and it's very difficult, but if we can shut off the external noise in our environment, even for just half an hour at a time, it will pay massive dividends. And, you know, so much of what you're saying, it comes to my mind, especially for those of us who tend to move fast and try to, you know, get a lot done. A big piece of this is remembering to pause, which can be one of the greatest challenges with all of this. My sense of you is you are certainly a someone who uh, thinks fast, is, is focused on getting things done. What are some examples of what has helped you with such a kind of a, a challenge to uh, your natural style? Yeah, um, I, so I can tend to be a triple A, tightly wound, get stuff done, plow through some things. That is sometimes really, really good. And there's other times it is absolutely a development opportunity. What your question makes me think of is what people like to refer to as work-life balance. So this, this North Star of how do I find a good balance? And I, I'll be honest, it's provocative. I think there isn't one. I think we make choices. We, we make a choice to spend time on what we think is the most important thing right now. Sometimes my family loses. They know that because work at that point in time might be more important than spending time with them. That might make our, our listeners cringe a little bit, but it's true. Other time work loses because spending time with my family is more important than potentially maybe being here on a Wednesday when there's not a whole lot going on. So that balance is about the choices we make, which is uh, indicative of where do we find value right now? It is okay to let work lose 
sometimes, and it's okay to let your personal life lose sometimes. But we are in control of who wins and who loses relative to that balance that we're trying to find. Yeah, absolutely. So when you think about your personal evolution, because I know this really is resonating with a number of listeners, Uh, it really gets at the core of so much of our challenge these days. Do any stories come to mind, any examples of a learning experience around this? Yeah, we don't have enough time for that. Uh, (laughs) I, I have probably failed in my career more than I have won. And if I'm a listener, I might say, Nick, that sounds like nonsense. Then how did you get to where you're at? And I'll give you a little bit of theory. And then I'm sure I can find a story in here is that uh, I think failing forward is cliche, but I think it's incredibly true. I talked to my daughter who's 11. It's terrifying because a lot of times I think she might be smarter than I am. And she has really great perspective. And I talked to her about, you're going to make mistakes, but you need to make sure that those mistakes are recoverable and that they are not fatal. Said differently, your choices may not always be right, but you should be able to learn from them. And then if you make that mistake again, it's not, it's not a mistake, it's a choice, right? You, you are intentionally choosing to do that. I pushed a lot in my career. My level of ambition is, is maybe higher than it should be. And I constantly wanted and wanted and wanted. I grew up in a very privileged family. I'm lucky for that. There was some goodness in there, but it also didn't set me up for success coming out of college where I thought people were going to pay me a lot of money because I was a nice guy. I learned quickly that that was not the case. Through that, I learned that no one's going to be your bigger advocate than yourself, but that if you want to go fast, you're going to have to go by yourself. But if you want to go far in your career, you're going to have to partner with people and you're going to have to trust and you're gonna have to be patient. And those are things that are difficult for me personally to do. We all have experiences in our life. We've all been burned before by people that will make promises and sometimes those come true and sometimes they don't. But your ability to have grit and perseverance in your career that you own and that you drive will get you to where you wanna be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. I know, Nick, just, you know, getting to know you, you are a prime example of what is true for all of our mentors. You're all continuous learners, and you have a real passion for seeking opportunities to pass on what you have been fortunate enough to learn. One of the insights you shared during the change webinar that I also appreciated was your belief that thoughts become things. So I wonder, could you tell us uh, a little more about this? Yeah, happy to. Uh, and, and within this will be a, a little micro story. One of my first roles I ever had out of college was within a sales organization. And growing up, everybody told me, hey, you're, you are a natural salesperson. And I thought, yeah, you know what? You're right. I am. And I, I was a miserable failure. And I was a miserable failure because what I loved about sales was relationship building. But what I hated doing was trying to sell you this. I don't want to do that. I want you to just want this, but I want to build that equity with you. I subsequently was fired. Best thing that ever happened to me in my entire life. And uh, I was able to get a relationship or, or matched up with a mentor who at that point in time, I didn't realize was going to be a mentor to me. Uh, Her name is Brooke, probably the most influential 
individual in my very short time on this planet. And it's poignant because today's uh, International Women's Day. So happy International Women's Day to both of you. But she was so powerful because the one concept that she said is, you need to start thinking about what you want. And when you start thinking about what you want, consciously and subconsciously, you will start doing the incremental things to get there. And I thought that was a load of BS. I was like, you're out of your mind. That is woo-woo, way out into the universe for me. Uh, but she was right. And I was 100% wrong. That when I think about my career, and I thought about prepping for our webinar today, thinking about what, what do I want to tell the audience? The resounding item that kept coming up is that thoughts become things. That I said one day, I would love to be in a senior leadership role in a healthcare organization not on the clinical side, because Lord knows I shouldn't be on the clinical side, but helping steer the, the business in the right direction to provide quality care for patients, a good experience for our providers that ultimately puts us in a position to succeed. And here I am. Now, it wasn't as easy as just thinking about it, right? There were failures, there were wins, there were opportunities, but your ability to focus on what you want and keep that front of mind will get you to where you want to go. Some may say, well, Nick, that's a goal. A goal is something that's binary that I put on paper. My thoughts are evolutional. They're going to continue to change with each iteration I have well, with myself, my internal dialogue, who I get a chance to work with, uh, who I get a chance to work for, what, what name is on the side of the building that I office in. All of those things uh, are little pieces that create this mosaic that ultimately becomes your career. But those pieces of the mosaic are there because you're thinking about them and then doing the things to accomplish uh, what those thoughts are. It's interesting because while you have that focus, uh, that thought in mind, uh, I also know you've shared that you kind of have had a unique career path. So it sounds to me like you're also staying open to possibility. Is that correct? It is. Before I moved into this role that I'm currently in now, historically in my career, I've been in the recruitment or talent acquisition or human resources field. If you would have told me 25 years ago, hey, you're going to end up in HR, I would have said, no way. Um, I am not beholden to what I want to be or what my title might be or even how much money I want to make. To me, it is about who do I have an opportunity to learn from? Now, look, if you're hearing that and you're rolling your eyes, I totally understand it. Yes, my income matters because it's why we work, uh, but you want to have that intersection of personal gratification within your life with, hey, I'm doing the right things to facilitate the lifestyle that I choose to lead. So, so all in, if I bring this back to how do you accomplish your thoughts, don't overthink them, allow yourself some freedom and flexibility to iterate when you've made a bad choice, say, hey, I made, a, I made a bad choice and I'm gonna make another one and pivot and I will keep moving forward. So that failing forward is pivotal as well. <laughs> it is, and, and look, I mean, even if you fail fatally, um, there's always an opportunity there to pick yourself back up and figure out what you wanna do. When I was fired, and I say fired intentionally, I wasn't downsized, I wasn't let go. I was fired for poor performance. I wasn't in the right industry or the right role. 
but it gave me an opportunity to reinvent who I was. And if you let that go, that is a gift that oftentimes there are too many negative implications around it for people to recognize that. But if you can dust it off and see it for what it is, you don't get that many opportunities in your life to do it. Well, and that brings up something I, I wanted to discuss. And that is, as you said, early in your career, you were a recruiter. And so I'd love to hear more about your perspective with our current employee employment landscape. Uh, as so many of us are keenly aware, since the global pandemic, this country has been undergoing what is being termed the great resignation. It is very likely a number of our listeners are uh, seeking a new job and others may be seeking new employees. What is your perspective on this current state of employment? Yeah. I, I will not say that one is right or one is wrong because I think careers meet people where they are in their particular life. And right now, our economy is dictating two different things. Those that are choosing not to work because they're just choosing not to. And those that are saying, hey, there's an opportunity out here for me to advance my career. There's a, there's a glut of opportunities. Let me go prove what I can do and go find that role. Again, wherever you find yourself is where you find yourself, embrace that and move it forward to the best of your ability. If you're seeking talent, my advice is slow down. There are so many good folks out there. You have the opportunity right now in a buyer's market to determine what is the right talent for you. And don't think just about functional competencies. Think about what is the right cultural fit? What is the right leadership fit? Because ultimately what you're doing when you're hiring somebody is you're hiring longevity and you're creating a succession plan. So if you're a leader, if you're a manager, a supervisor, if you own your own business, whatever industry you might be in, start thinking about talent a little bit differently, more uh, of an investment in the future and less transactional. Conversely, if, you're, if you are talent and you are in the market, you too have the same, if not a greater opportunity to be very intentional about where you go to choose and choose to work. Uh, employers right now are bending over backwards trying to create the right environment. Is it a work from home or a telecommute? Is it a hybrid where you might be in the office three days a week? Or is it an environment where you need to be in every single day? What is the culture like? What, what does it feel like when you go to work? Again, wherever you may find yourself, my opinion is it's still work. You've got to show up. You've got to do the right job. You've got to focus and you have to have a certain level of ambition. So I would say the last piece on this is that folks that may find themselves in the middle of their career that have a high level of ambition, and I'm going to say this from a personal point of view, I constantly was waiting for my ship to come in, which is that metaphor to say, hey, I'm looking for that next opportunity. I'm waiting for somebody to invest in me. And why hasn't it happened? And there are so many times in my life I took a, the, the role of victim, which I hate to say because I'm not a big fan of that, but that I waited for somebody to recognize me. And the entire time I was already on that ship, it was up to me to steer it where it needed to go. So if you're waiting, stop waiting and start doing. And again, control those controllables. And if you're saying that, yeah, but there's Nick, there's so many things that I feel like I'm out of control on. What I would encourage you to do is draw a Venn diagram, right? Which is nothing more than two circles that overlap. And on the right side of that Venn diagram, you're going to write all the things that you you can control. And the left side of that circle, you're going to say, here are all the things that I can't control. And in the middle, this is what I should be focusing on. These are the things that are important to me. 
And when you gain, you regain focus, you regain control. And from that control, you can start making good choices and good decisions that are going to steer your ship where it needs to go. It's interesting how often those simple um, techniques such as a Venn diagram uh, or even just deep breathing sometimes, how often the simplest of tools can have the greatest impact. Yeah. One thing I'm also, I've always noticed about you, but certainly in this conversation, it's been coming to the front, and that is one of the choices you make is also to frame things in a positive manner. Is that intentional? Uh, I yes, I'm an uh, I am naturally a pessimist, and I will admit that in front of who, whomever is listening to this, and, and for for the eternity that it that it survives uh, in our digital age. But I can tend to be a pessimist. I can tend to think the worst or expect the worst, so that I'm not disappointed. It's an awful way to go through life, and I have to constantly think about the goodness. I find the goodness. If it's a bad message I'm hearing, what's good about it? Where is there an opportunity? How can I think about this differently? And every single day, even in the meeting that I had before we sat down to have this conversation, I'm in there trying to find the goodness so that I can share that with other people. And then they can take that forward down to their teams as well. Yeah, absolutely. Another area that I know was going to resonate with our listeners is uh, an area where you made some choices. You call yourself, as you put it, a raging introvert who has learned to adjust uh, such that now you come across as an extrovert. So can you share with us what that journey has been like and what helped you make uh, those adjustments, which can be really challenging? Yeah, it's been exhausting in a word. And, and, I, and let me qualify introvert, because I think if you ask nine or 10 people their definition, you get nine different ones. To me, an introvert is somebody who needs solitude to recharge those internal batteries. So I don't mind going to a party and I don't mind socializing with different groups of people, but I am not energized by that. It drains my battery. Conversely, when I am out in the woods with my dogs or I'm sitting out in my backyard listening to, to two owls hoot back and forth from miles away, that enables me to think. It enables me to gain perspective it enables me then to think about what I'm going to do next. Flexing as a natural introvert into an expected extrovert space. I think most companies, unless you're in an industry that is predominantly introverted, thinking accounting, finance, some of the high levels of focus, it's an expectation that you are naturally gregarious. I think there's perspective that you have to have relative to who do I need to be right now in order to get the things done that I need to get done. Now, I am not suggesting that people are inauthentic. I think you have to find the balance between who you are uh, as an individual and what your workplace is asking you to do. Uh, and when you find that sweet spot, it's pretty empowering because there are times that I actually wonder, am I really an introvert? I love the solitude. But I also love going in a meeting and being able to stand up and present in front of people. And it's certainly not because I think people want to hear what I have to say. It's that I'm confident enough in what I'm going to say that I think it's going to drive value to others. And that brings me to where I would land on this is that don't be afraid to speak up. So many times people are terrified to ask a question, to provide their opinion. Well, your question and your opinion, 
they can't be wrong. They're yours, it's your voice. And if you can't find the courage to express yourself in that meeting, you will miss out on an opportunity, uh, A, to be heard, and B, to become a thought leader that is, is as important as somebody who might drive revenue or might control the finances or might be a chief decision-making officer. So do not be afraid to be wrong. Uh, your opinion is not wrong. It is yours and yours alone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So when you think about the arc of your career so far, mm -hmm. and we've touched on a few habits already, but what other habits do you feel have really contributed to your success? What have we not touched on? I'm going to underscore patience. If, if there was something that I could go back and do differently in my career, I think I would have been more patient. So I am on the cusp of 42 years old, which to me feels like I'm close to, closer to retirement than I'm not. And when I tell my father that, he tells me to stop talking because he's so irritated. He's like, you're so young. You have no idea you've got the rest of your, your life left. And when he says things to me like that, and I, I look at my dad as, as a very personal mentor. He was a corporate attorney, once an attorney, always an attorney, but he doesn't practice anymore. And he spent nights and weekends talking for a living and uh, exhausting himself to, to get my brother and I to have an opportunity to, to be where we're at today. But because of that level of ambition, we drove and drove and drove all the time. Sometimes when you push too hard and you're not patient, you can actually get the opposite result. I'll give you an example. Uh, this is years ago. I felt like I, was, I kept getting passed over for a promotion. I felt like I was ready. And I kept seeing other people get promoted before me. And I kept benchmarking myself against them. And I keep talking about perspective, but perspective is so important. And it's all, if I had to say it differently, it's your version of what the world looks like through your eyes. But when you look myopically, like blinders on, like a horse might have, you forget that there's this peripheral universe around you of different circumstances, of different levels of experience, of different levels of, of scenarios that are going to impact others differently. If you can elevate your, your thinking and change your perspective to think more holistically about you and how you might match up with somebody else, potentially you start to gain that perspective. Ironically, I kept getting passed over for that promotion because I was too busy thinking about everybody else and what they're doing and not thinking about what I'm doing. And when I got that gritty feedback, it felt a little crummy. Uh, and I'm not gonna say I didn't have a pity party for about 24 to 48 hours, but I was able to say, you know what, they're right. And here are the things that I'm going to do differently. And, and that is that is maybe one of the most pivotal things in my life that I continue to work on today. Uh, and I'm going to go back to where I started, which is control those controllables in your life. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Worry about what you're doing. And if you have an opportunity to help people along the way, it's incumbent upon you to do that. Because the more people that you help, in turn, the more people will help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. This next question is going to be perhaps a, a little tough for you because you share my um, amazing love for quotes and mantras, but uh, is there a favorite quote or mantra that you'd like to share today? Yeah, there's two. And they're very simple. The first one is do the work, do the work. 
Uh, we live in an age of instant gratification. I grew up in an age of instant gratification and I have expectations that things are going to happen immediately. And a lot of times when things happen immediately, you don't put the work into understanding why they happen or how they have to happen. Or we're so distracted, we get lazy and we just don't want to do the job. And then we complain, we don't make enough money. I'm not getting that promotion. I'm not where I want to be in the middle of my life. How come this person is here? I ask myself all the time, are you doing the work? Like, are you legitimately doing the work right now? When I say the work, I don't mean what's on paper or what's on my to-do list or the whiteboard behind me. I'm talking about internally, am I doing the things that I need to do to get to where I want to go? And I probably hold myself to a level of achievement and expectation that it probably is not uh, realistic. And I think I do that because I'm constantly trying to push myself. So ask yourself, what, what level of accountability are you holding yourself to? And if it's there already, then proceed. If you're not holding yourself accountable, think about what that might sound and feel and look like to you and what the, the payoff might be. The, the second one comes back to just the level of energy I naturally bring to most environments. And, and uh, while it is welcomed, uh, it is also an opportunity. And I say to myself, just be. If I'm going to go out in front of a large group, many times I've had the opportunity to do it, I'm always nervous. I get butterflies. I want to make sure that I'm driving value. I want to make sure that people say, yeah, you know what? He doesn't sound like he doesn't know what he's talking about, right? This is somebody who we, we could listen to. And when I say just be over and over and over again, it allows me to sit within the current environment, not worry about what could happen, not worry about what led up to this particular moment and me feeling self-conscious. It allows me to be in that moment and seize that opportunity. And those are things that I constantly tell myself to one, gut check, and two, get some perspective. I love both of those. And I'd say, certainly speaking for myself, the just be is probably the greatest challenge right now. And maybe why we're all heading to nature. <laughs> Nature's the ultimate just be. <laughs> Nick, what would your advice be to up and coming leaders? What do you know now that you wish you knew then? Uh, I would say that there are no shortcuts in life what, relative to your job, relationships that you have inside and outside of work, uh, and no shortcuts with your own personal growth. And I, I provide that counsel because I've tried to take them. I've tried to find out where can I gain an efficiency? What can I try to circumvent? What can I try to push? What can I try to rush? And inevitably, every single time I've done that, I have failed. And it has allowed me to understand that I have to have the patience and fortitude to let things be uh, and operate within that. So no shortcuts, do the work. Wonderful. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to have really what has been such a refreshing and uh, interesting discussion about focus and potential and how we can reframe situations, but also how we can reframe how we see ourselves. It really is the essence, of course, of the of mentoring as well. It aligns so perfectly with mentoring. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. And thank you to all of you listening to this Mentium Matters podcast. We have a number of excellent guests like Nick lined up. So please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And for additional resources, you can find show notes on Mentium's website. 
We look forward to having you join us next time.